10. Now, I'm starting off reading, and I, I tried to barter with God on this one. <laughs> Verses 1 through 22, I'm like, come on, please, Lord, let me, let me cut that down a little bit. That's a little lengthy, isn't it? He wouldn't let me do it because there's something in here someone here needs to glean from today. Amen? So let's, let's go through this together. 1 Corinthians 10, 1 through 22. It says, moreover, brethren... Brethren, hmm, he's talking to Christians here, isn't he? I do not want you to be unaware that all of our fathers were under the cloud, all passed through by the sea, and were baptized into Moses in the cloud and in the sea. Okay, he's talking about the Old Testament stuff here. And all ate the same spiritual food, and all drank the same spiritual drink, for they drank of that spiritual rock that followed them, and that rock was Christ. But with, with most of them, God was not well pleased for their bodies were scattered in the wilderness. Now these things became our examples. Hmm, interesting. So he's saying, I'm going to say some things here that's an example for you of what not to do. To the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. And do not become idolaters as were some of them. As it is written, the people sat down to eat and drink and rose up to play. Nor let us commit sexual immorality as some of them did. And in one day, 23,000 fell. Let's talk again. He's talking about a situation in the Old Testament. Nor let us tempt Christ as some of them also tempted uh, and were destroyed by serpents. Nor complain as some of them also complained and were destroyed by the destroyer. Hmm. Complaining in the same uh, sentence as sexual immorality. That's interesting, isn't it? Now, all these things happened to them as examples, and they were written for our admonition. Or, in other words, for our good. These are in the Bible, these examples. Upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Therefore, let him who thinks he stands take heed, lest he fall. No temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man. But God is faithful who will not only allow you to be tempted beyond, uh, will, will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able, but with the temptation will also make a way of escape that you may also be able to bear it. Oh, I couldn't help myself. I had to do it. No, no, that's unscriptural. Therefore, my beloved, again, he's still talking to Christians, flee from idolatry. I speak as to wise men. Judge for yourselves what I say. The cup of blessing which we bless, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ? The, blood which, or the bread which we break, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we, though many, are one, uh, are one bread and one body, for we all partake of one bread. Observe Israel after the flesh. Are not all those who eat of the sacrifices partakers of the altar? What am I saying then? That an idol, that an idol is anything? Or what is offered to idols is anything? Listen to this. Rather, that the things which the, which the Gentiles sacrifice, he's talking here about the unsaved, what the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. And I do not want you to have fellowship with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and the table of demons. Or do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? Now, I want you to just take a look here. Just, just confirm it in your own Bible now. This is in the New Testament. <laughs> Are you hearing me? This is in the New Testament, by the way. That is interesting. 
That is interesting. Now, I don't know about you, but I want to see the power of God loosed in my life in a greater dimension. I want to see the power of God loosed in your life in a greater dimension. You too? Amen? And the only way that's going to be accomplished is when we do a thorough examination of our life. Man, I've been hammering this for the last three weeks, haven't I? The Holy Ghost won't let me get off of it. We need to do a thorough examination of our life and shine the light of God's word in the dark areas of our life. And not only just shine the light of the word of God on those areas, but once the light is shined on it and it's revealed to us, then we need to take the next step and make the proper changes. Amen? What's the sense of of the Lord, Holy, the Holy Spirit revealing something to you in your life that's not pleasing to him, and you're not going to make the needed changes anyways, right? He's revealing those areas so you can make changes because he wants his power flowing in you in a greater dimension. Are you hearing me? He wants his power flowing through you in a greater dimension. He wants his joy flowing through you, his peace flowing through you. So today I want to talk about one of the most subtle and one of the most deceptive sins that's in the world today. And what is it? It's idolatry. Idolatry is one of the most subtle. Man, this thing can sneak up on you quick. The sin of idolatry can enter your life, and I'm talking to Christians here, can enter your life very easily if you aren't alert and built up spiritually on God's word. Now, an idol, let me give you some definitions here. An idol is simply defined as this, a symbol or an object of worship or a false god. Okay, it's a symbol or an object of worship or a false god. So then the next obvious thing would be, well, what's worship mean then? Well, let's define worship for you then. Worship is defined as an expression of, of the relationship between believers and God. It involves reverence and adoration or devotion to false gods. That's interesting, isn't it? An expression of a relationship. It involves reverence and adoration and in devotion to something. And now idolatry is when you give that adoration. You give that reverence to something else other than God. That's idolatry. That's idolatry. Um, so an idol can be another God, all right, someone who, who worships uh, Buddha uh, and, and all these other things. Okay, that's an idol. Uh, you can make an idol out of an individual, maybe your spouse. You can make an idol out of yourself. We're all, it's, it's all about you. It's all about you, and you can make an idol out of yourself. Um, and uh, listen, another thing that can be an idol in your life is, is something you're pursuing, a pursuit. Maybe a job, maybe a career, something that takes your reverence, your love, your adoration, your devotion away from the Lord. Here's some other ones. How about money? How about television? How about American Idol? Amen. How about sports? How about Mary? 
Oh, come on, I'm stepping on some sacred cows now. How about praying to saints? All it is, it's taking the focus off of God, off of his son Jesus Christ, and putting it on something else. That's idolatry. And it's not just the Buddhists. It's not just those individuals who set a statue up and, and bow down to it. No, it's anything in your life that's pulling you away from the Lord Jesus Christ. That is an idol. That is an idol in your life. Uh, and, you know, we're living in a world that's filled with idols. Hey, if you want to worship idols, hey, this world is full of them. Take your pick. Amen? They're, they're full of idols. Go to 1 John chapter 5. I want to show you something here. 1 John chapter 5. Now, someone told me my article was in the paper this on Friday. Is that right? It was in this week? Man, they hardly ever keep the schedule. It's supposed to be in the first Friday of the month. All right, anyways. Uh, but anyways, I talked in there about how, how people run around to different churches. And they want to find, they, they always want to hear something that they want to hear instead of hearing something that they need to hear. Are you hearing me? Uh, someone may be visiting this church. They hear this message today and they say, hey, I'm out of here. Listen to this. Someone told me, someone told me this, that there is an individual, uh, a lady who, who was uh, a divorced lady. Well, she got divorced and, and she just went hog wild and, and she's having sex with a different man every night of the week. Well, she showed up. To, to a Presbyterian church once in a while. And this individual told me that every time she came to church, she would sit there shaking and sweating. Let me tell you something. That wasn't the devil making her shake and sweat. See, coming to church doesn't always need to be a comfortable experience. Are you hearing me? Okay, so if you hear something and, and it shines an area on your life, don't walk out of here thinking it's the devil. Why would the devil want you to make changes in your life for the good? Are you hearing me? Let's, let's just break this down into common sense. It's okay to feel stretched when you walk out of church. It's okay. That's what it's meant to do. We're all in the growing process, right? But anyways, yeah, she would come and she would sweat like a pig. And it should be a place like that. Someone who has filth in their life and sin should come into the church and in the, in the presence of God should be so strong, they should feel uncomfortable. And if they feel comfortable, I'm questioning what I'm preaching from, from the pulpits, from the Word of God. Are you hearing me? Oh, come on now. It's getting a little quiet in here. That's all right. I'm preaching the Word of God. 1 John 5, 18 through 21 says this. We know that whoever is born of God, or whoever is born again, whoever made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of their life, does not sin. Literally, that means it, it doesn't make a practice of sin. Okay? Yeah, yeah, you, 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 you fall, you'll fall, you know. It, it's possible to live a sinless life. Are you hearing me? It is. It is. If you're walking in the Spirit, it's possible to avoid the lust of the flesh. This is what the Word of God says. Now, we know that whoever is born of God does not sin. But he who has been born of God keeps himself. 
means that he's spiritually alert. He's doing what he needs to do to keep himself or herself built up in the word of God. He's, he or she's keeping the word of God hidden in their heart that I might not sin against you, God. Are you hearing me? He keeps himself. He, main, he or she maintains their spiritual life with God. Hallelujah. And the wicked one does not touch him. Interesting verse there. That person who's diligent in keeping themselves, amen, mean that there's not going to be there's not going to be any doorways that you're opening to Satan or demons in your life. We know that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know him who is true talking about Jesus Christ. We are in him who is true in his son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. So if Jesus is the true God, there must be some false things out there that you can make a God out of. And that's called idolatry. Interesting. Look at this. Verse 21. And, and out of all that, out of all, saying all that, he ends it on this, speaking to Christians. Little children... Keep yourselves from idols. Amen. That's kind of interesting to me. That just all of a sudden, little children, right at the end of the letter. By the way, keep yourself from idols. Oh my. The Holy Spirit through John was speaking to the Christians. He was warning Christians. Keep yourself from idols. Now, if there's a warning in the word of God to keep yourself from an idol, obviously there's going to be a temptation to take idols up in your life. Or else, why would God even warn us about it? Are you hearing me? Every time you see a warning in the word or a command, just know this, you're going to have a temptation to go toward that sin in your life. So if he says, little children, keep yourself from idols, the Holy Spirit knows that there's going to be a temptation when you're in the flesh, Christians, to take hold of something else other than God. To put your faith and your trust, your adoration, your devotion in something else other than God. Amen? Hey, listen to this. You can even make ministry an idol in your life. You can, you can get so consumed with the work of the ministry, you forget the one who called you into the ministry, and you forsake your personal walk with him. Amen? See, God takes... The sin of idolatry, seriously. In fact, this is considered high treason in the courts of heaven. If, if you want to hold on to idols in your life, fine. You can do that. You know what? You have a free will. You have a free will. You can hold on to idols all you want. But what's going to be the result of it? Go to Isaiah 57.3. You can do your own thing. Go ahead. Live your own life. Take hold of something other than the, the, the rock, other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Go ahead, do it. But listen to this. Isaiah, just be warned. Isaiah 57, 13 says this. When you cry out, let your collection of idols deliver you. In other words, God's saying, hey, you want to serve idols? Fine. But you know what? When you're in your time of trouble, when you're in your time of calamity, go ahead. You call on the ones that you have all your devotion on all of your adoration, all of your reverence. You want to make money a God in your life? Fine. When you're in trouble, you go ahead and you call out to the, and you pray to that money then and see if that money delivers you. 
Are you hearing me? Fine. You want to make sports an idol in your life? Go right ahead. But you know what? When you're in trouble and you need Almighty God to pull you out of the pit, no, you just bow down to that TV set and you pray. And let's see if they answered you. Oh, hallelujah. I feel the Spirit of God in this place today. Listen to this. He says, let your collection of idols deliver you. But the wind will carry them all away, and the breath will take, them, will take them. But listen to this. But he who puts his trust in me, or in the Lord, shall possess the land, and shall inherit my holy mountain. In other words, you put, your, you, you put all your devotion, all your admiration, oh, hallelujah, on the Lord Jesus Christ, on, the, on Almighty God, blessings will follow you. Go ahead, make your job your idol. Go ahead. But you know what? When Satan comes along and he attacks you and he puts some kind of sickness or disease on your body, go ahead, just bow down right at your desk and ask, ask your desk to help you out. Are you hearing me? Tough, hey, tough word, but it needs to be preached. So what or who is your trust and faith in today? See, the Word of God has some, some more very stern warnings about idolatry and the individual that gets tangled up in it. Go to Galatians chapter 5. Man, I'll tell you what, this message was so heavy on my heart this week. Well, actually, I just got the message on, on uh, yesterday, last night. But I was praying, praying all week, praying in the Spirit, and I knew something was brewing in there in my spirit, man. Amen? And it came last night. My receptor was up. My spiritual antenna was up. And I took hold of the message for us today. Galatians 5, 19 through 21. Look at this. Now the works of the flesh are evident. In other words, so many Christians, you know, they say, well, is this of the flesh or is this of God? It says, hey, the works of the flesh are evident. Hey, when the flesh is active, you don't even have to question it. It's going to be obvious. To, it should be obvious to you. Listen to this. Now, the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, or sex before marriage, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, wrath selfish ambitions, interesting, dissensions, heresies, envy, murders, drunkenness, revelries, and, all, and the like. So, in other words, people said, see, that's, that's all the works of the flesh. No, no, God, to, to cover it all, he said, and the such like. In other words, there's more. He's just naming a few for us. Did you catch that? And the like. Of which I tell you beforehand, listen to this warning, just as I also told you in time past, that those who practice such things what things? The things we just named and, and the such like. Will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now this, this is amazing. You know, so many people try to pick this scripture apart. Uh, maybe you, you've heard. So many people try to pick this scripture apart by saying, well, well that the Christians who, who do or practice these things, that they'll still be saved. They'll get into heaven, but they just won't enjoy the benefits of salvation on the earth. You ever hear that? I mean, Christians, boy, they try to pick that apart. But the interesting thing is, the ones who come up, to, come up with that conclusions are the ones who are practicing these things. Go figure. Are you hearing me? 
Oh, I'm okay. I can do what I want. I, I'm going to go ahead and live like I want and, and do what I want. I'm okay. You know what? I'm just going to sacrifice the benefits on this earth. And when I die, when I take my last breath, I'm just going to walk through the pearly gates and shake St. Peter's hand. Give me a break. I believe it means that if you practice these things, you're in for a wake-up call on Judgment Day with God. Are you hearing me? And that also lines up with other scriptures that point to the fact that it's possible to be saved, and then the Bible says it's possible to fall from grace. You can fall from grace. Now, I don't know what your interpretation, translation, all that is, but it doesn't sound good to me. And I don't want to take the chance of finding out what it means. Are you hearing me? Now, it says in there that you won't inherit the kingdom of God. If you won't inherit the kingdom of God, or the, uh, you, the kingdom of God, whose kingdom then will you inherit? Who's, uh, there's only two kingdoms on the face of this earth. The kingdom of God and the kingdom of Satan. There's only two kingdoms in eternity. The kingdom of heaven, or kingdom of God, which is in heaven, and the kingdom of Satan, which is down to hell and eventually into the lake of fire on judgment day. So if you don't inherit, this scripture says those who practice such things, who continue to live in such things, are not going to inherit the kingdom of God. Well, let's just take the opposite, or, or students, the reciprocal of that. <laughs> we are in a college town, right? Let's take the opposite of that. So where would you be going then? Doesn't sound good, does it? Now, so Jesus made the statement in the word of God, if you're not for me, you're against me. If you're not for me, you're against me. He also says, why do you call me Lord when you don't do the things that I tell you to do? Why are you calling me Lord every Sunday when the, rest of the, when the rest of the week and the rest of the day on Sunday you have nothing to do with my commandments? Nothing. Amen? Why? Why? See, you may not be attending the church of Satan here in Big Rapids. You may not be attending the church of Satan out in San Francisco. But I'll tell you what, Jesus said, if you're not for me, you're against me. So if you're not for Jesus, who are you with? The devil. The enemy. You may not be bowing down and doing sacrifices and all the junk that the Satanists do. But you know what? In God's eyes, you're worshiping the devil. Because plain and simple, your worship, your adoration, your devotion are not directed toward God. Are you hearing me? That's why idolatry is high treason in God's eyes. That's why God takes the sin of idolatry so seriously. Now, listen to this. It's possible, the Bible says, to have your name blotted out of the book of life. Now, okay, those who believe once saved, always saved, you go ahead and you tell me what that means then, for crying out loud. Go to Revelation 3, 5. What in the world does that mean then? Let's take a look at this. Blotted out of the book of life. That don't sound too positive, does it? Huh? Look at it. 
Jesus said this, he who overcomes shall be clothed in white garments, and I will not blot out his, uh, blot out his name from the book of life. But I will confess his name before my Father, before his angels. Go, I mean, someone, if someone's here who believes once saved, always saved, just come up to me after church and, and just give me a, a nice theology 101 definition or, or explanation of getting your name blotted out of the book of life. You, you know, I'm open for correction if I'm wrong. Amen? Just make it simple to me. Fine, you believe it? What are you basing it on? Just a feel-good experience for you so you can go live like the devil for the rest of the, your life without a conscience that's being pricked? Are you hearing me? What is it? What's your reasoning? Who told you that you can embrace the world in sin and forsake the cross of Christ and then expect to hear him say on Judgment Day, well done, good and faithful servant? Who in the heck told you that? Because I know I didn't tell you that. Hey, man. What I'm saying is, we are living in a day and age where people who are Christians, and in 2 Timothy talks about a great falling away. People falling away from the faith. Now, to fall away from the faith means you once had to be in the faith. But it says you can fall away from it. Again, give me an explanation, you once saved, always savers. I'm trying to tell you this. That God wants, as Christians, he wants our complete and utter devotion. He wants our worship. He wants everything. Everything. But too many Christians are just playing church. For crying out loud. It's, it's horrible. Ordaining gay ministers, supporting abortion. This is nuts. Absolutely ludicrous. They're, they're not reading out of the Bible uh, the Word of God, I'll tell you that. What they're doing is they're adding and they're taking away from the Word of God, which says it will bring a curse on them. Go ahead, read it in, in, in uh, Revelation, in the book of Revelation. I believe 22 talks about that. So anyways, it's a lie from the pit of hell. That's what it is. It's a lie from the pit of hell. So my job as pastor and, and in the ministry here, my job is to exhort you guys, encourage you guys, edify you, all of you, you people to stay connected to Jesus Christ. Don't fall away from him. Are you hearing me? It, it's, I'll tell you what. There, there's, can you, how sad it is how some people, they, they, they receive Christ and then they fall out in a way and they practice all of these things we're talking about and, and they think they're okay. They go 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years thinking they're okay and they're just continuing their, their, all, this, all the junk and they think they're okay. How sad is that? When they could have made a change. Are you hearing me? And could have avoided hell for eternity. Oh my goodness. It's time for the body of Christ to wake up. Time for the church to wake up. Amen. Go to Colossians chapter 3. 
You know, I mean, you want to hear a cushy message all the time. Don't, don't, you know, you're not going to hear it here at Revival Christian Center. I'm, I take the word of God seriously. I take your eternal destination seriously. Are you hearing me? But I'll tell you what, those people who stay connected, those people who come and hear the word of God, who are willing to be uncomfortable and squirm in their seats for some sermons, for crying out loud, they're going to grow spiritually. And they're going to they're gonna thank God that they stayed in a place that's preaching the truth of the word of God. Amen. Now, Colossians 3, 1 through 7 says, If, if then you were raised with Christ... Seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above. He's talking to Christians here, people who are born again, who sit with Christ in the heavenly places. The book of Ephesians says. It says, set your mind on things above, not on things on the earth. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. He's talking about people who are truly born again here. All right, it's not just a formula saying a prayer. He, he's looking for a lifestyle change. Are you hearing me? When Christ, who is our life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Therefore, put to death your members, meaning your flesh, that part of you that wants to do bad, that, the fleshly nature. Therefore, put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passion, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Covetousness is idolatry. Isn't that interesting? Because of these things, the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience, in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. Now listen. All of the idols in your life, all of the idols in my life, must be put to death. So that we can truly seek those things which are above. He's, talk, he's comparing spiritual things with, with, with sinful things on the earth. Seeking those things that are going to matter. Uh, that's going to count for eternity. Alright? He's comparing. He's making a contrast of these two things. Um, and So we need to truly seek those things which are above. And then when you take your last breath, you will appear with Christ in glory. That, that Revelation 3, 5 says that he who overcomes, he who overcomes what? He who overcomes all the temptations of the flesh. He who overcomes sin. He who overcomes because he loves the Lord Jesus Christ enough to serve him completely and 100% on this earth. He who overcomes shall be clothed with white garment in heaven. He who overcomes shall be saved, another scripture says. Oh, come on, are you an overcomer? Or are you being overcome by the world and sin and the devil? Now, um, the word of God reveals to us that the seducing or the drawing away and worship that are given to idols are motivated by demons. Look at this again in 1 Corinthians 10. Now, I'm not talking about Casper the friendly ghost. Are you hearing me? I'm talking about, it's okay to laugh. Go ahead, laugh. Ha, 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 ha. Come on, it's okay to laugh in church. It's okay to have a good time in church. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hey, for, First Corinthians 10, 19 through 22 says, What am I saying then? That an idol is anything or that it, what is offered uh, to idols are anything? Rather that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they are sacrificing to demons and not to God. And I do not want you to have fellowship with demons. 
or anything in common with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. Oh, some, of, some of the people in the church haven't figured that out yet, or in the body of Christ, rather. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and of the table of demons. Or do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Or are we stronger than he? You know, the, the word of God says that we serve a jealous God. That hasn't changed. That, that has not changed. He's still a jealous God. He wants every part of you. He wants every part of me. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. The enemy's goal is to, first of all, to, first and foremost, the enemy's goal for, for, uh, people, for human beings is to keep them blinded from Christ and getting saved and to drag them to hell and the lake of fire with them ultimately. That, that's the very first thing. But while you're on this earth, they are always, say always, always trying to deflect your worship that belongs to God and his son Jesus Christ. They're always trying to deflect you. He's the enemy. Satan and demon spirits are always trying to get your worship off of Christ. Are you hearing me? I'm talking to Christians now. Always. Whether if that he can put money out and it draws you away from your walk with the Lord, great. Satan's happy with that. Are you hearing me? Whatever it is, you just put it in place, whatever it is. He's just trying to deflect your worship. He's trying to get your eyes off of the Lord Jesus Christ is what he's trying to do. In Matthew chapter 4, Satan even tried to get Jesus to worship him instead of God the Father. Now, if Satan is bold enough to try to get Jesus, the Son of God, to worship him, how much more is Satan going to try to come to us and try to get us to bow down to the things of the world? Like I said, you bow down to anything other than God, you're serving the enemy. Don't forget it now. There are too many spiritual adulterers in the body of Christ. How would it make you feel if your wife stepped out on you or your spouse stepped out on you? Are you hearing me? What makes you think that God would take it any differently? Amen. So the next time you push God aside for that game, or you push God aside so that you can get that promotion, or you shove the commandments, the word of God, to the side so you can make your bank account fatter by lying or whatever it is, just remember you're ultimately, in those cases, worshiping the enemy. Now when Jesus, this is Palm Sunday, when Jesus made his triumphal entry into Jerusalem, the word of God says that many people took off their coats and laid them at Jesus' feet. But some didn't do that. Not everyone did that. Not everyone celebrated the Savior. Some did. Some didn't. But what's the difference between the two kinds of people? When the people had a revelation of who Jesus really was, they began to take their coats off and lay them down at the feet of Jesus. When you truly have a revelation of who Jesus is, you will realize that anything this world or the enemy has to offer is nothing compared to a personal relationship with the one that hung the moon and the stars. But you got to come to that place in your life where you have a revelation of who Jesus is. And until you have that full revelation of who he is, you're going to hold on to other things. You're going to try to find your peace, your joy, your happiness, your contentment, and everything other than the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? 
When you come to that place in your life as a Christian, you will willingly strip away everything and anything that would grieve the Lord and throw it at the foot of the cross. And you too, like the Apostle Paul, will say everything that I strive for outside of the will of God for my life is nothing but rubbish. Everything that I counted honorable, everything that I counted high and mighty in my life in a worldly sense is a bunch of rubbish. Rubbish. Junk. He actually says dung in there. Are you hearing me? Man. So why would so many Christians want to hold on to dung instead of the word of God? It's, it's funny, isn't it? Come on, it's funny. Why would they want to take a drink out of the sewer water instead of the living water? Yeah, I'll tell you why. Because of the deception of Satan. The deception of the worldly things. People love sin more than they love God. Amen? That's what it is. Let's not sugarcoat it. Amen? If you truly want to know him, you need to destroy the idols in your life and give Jesus first place. And I want to close on this last scripture, Psalm 24. Psalm 24. The world and the devil and the enemy are feeding you a bunch of dung and you're eating it up. Some are. Are you hearing me? Does it taste good? Huh? I'm, I don't know who I'm talking to. I'm talking to somebody. <laughs> Amen. Come on, think about it. Man. Psalms 24, 1 through 10. Listen to this. The earth is the Lord's. And in all of its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. For he has founded it upon the seas and established it upon the waters. Listen to this. Who may ascend into the hill of the Lord? Or who, who's going to dwell in the presence of the Lord? Or who may stand in his holy place? He who has clean hands and a pure heart. Idol free. All the idols are out of there. Everything that you're holding on to other than Jesus Christ is out the door. A clean heart, a pure heart. Who has not lifted up his soul to an idol. Interesting, there's that word, idol. Nor sworn de deceitfully. He shall receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of his salvation. This is Jacob, the generation of those who seek him, who seek your face. Lift up your heads, O you gates, and be lifted up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O you gates, lift up, you everlasting doors, and the King of glory shall come in. Who is the King of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the King of glory. Destroy the idols in your life. Open the door of your heart. Clear the pathway of your heart and let the king of glory come in today. Are you hearing me? We need to just clear, make the path straight. And let's let the king of glory come in. And let's let him change our lives. But you know what? He needs your cooperation.
You want to change? He needs your cooperation. Are you willing to open those doors and let the king of glory come in and, and move around your furniture? Amen? Let's stand up in this place. Hallelujah. I beat the devil over the head enough with preaching the word. You hearing me? No, I didn't have enough of it. I love it. Hallelujah. But it's the end of service anyways. Hallelujah. Now maybe there's someone in here, you know, this is all foreign language to you. You know why? Because you're not in the family of God. You have not made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, and you know it. Maybe you were like that one individual. You were sitting here, you were squirming around, boy. You were sweating like a pig because the Word of God was coming forth. And you've never made Jesus Lord and Savior of your life. Today, don't leave this building without making Jesus the Lord of your life because you don't know when you're going to take your last breath. Listen to me. It's not worth going to hell over. Having sex with your boyfriend or girlfriend before marriage is not worth going to hell over. Amen? Living your own way, doing your own thing, it's not worth going to hell over. If you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord and Savior of your life, I want you to come forward. And I want you to make Him Lord of your life. Right today. Don't put it off. Maybe there's someone in here you you've you asked Jesus into your heart a long time ago. And maybe you're one of those who fallen from grace. When I said that, man, it just tugged on your heart. You said, you said, he's talking about me. I've fallen from grace. I was once in the grace of God. I was I was once connected to the true vine, the Lord Jesus Christ. But I've fallen away and I've withered away. If that's you and you want to rededicate your life today, you don't know if you'd go to heaven if you took your last breath right now. I want you to come to this altar and I want to pray with you. If you're in this place and you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism, yeah, the Bible teaches about the Holy Spirit baptism. In fact, the Bible talks about three baptisms. You're, when you get saved, you're baptized spiritually into the body of Christ. Then there's water baptism, and then there's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Three baptisms. If you've never received the Holy Spirit baptism, I want you to come to this altar, and I want to lay hands on you to receive Him. The baptism in the Holy Spirit. So you can be at full strength, and you can take advantage of every, everything that God has for you in your life. Now maybe there's someone in here you need a physical healing. You need an emotional healing. Maybe there's someone in here who's addicted to drugs, addicted to alcohol. Something has a stronghold on your life and you can't break free yourself. You need prayer. The devil's got a hold of you. If that's you, if you need a physical healing, if you need an emotional healing, I want you to come to this altar. Any other thing that you need for prayer, I want you to come down. The rest of you, I want you to lift your hands to the Lord right now. And I want you to ask Him. Say, Lord, show me any idols in my life. I want to remove them. Say, I want to clear the pathway so the King of glory can come in fully and take residence in every area of my life. That's what He wants. That's what the Lord wants. And just as the music plays, just...
Put those idols to the side. Put them under the blood of Jesus. Amen.
call anybody else for uh, a prayer for healing, deliverance, salvation. Come on, don't leave this building. I tell you what, you don't know if you could get in a car accident on your way home. And that's it. That's it. You're done. No more. No more opportunities. I'm going to give it to the end of this song. Worship the Lord as music plays. God. very quickly when I was a brand new mom and my baby daughter Laura was about three months old I came home from work one day and she had two black eyes she had bruises all around her eyes and the young lady that was babysitting her told me that she had dropped her little face into her busy box and had bruised her face um, about a year later I was home one day and this same young lady called me weeping and said she wanted to confess to me that my baby had been crying and out of frustration that she had hit her and bruised her face. And my heart as a young mom was broken. And I grieved for about 10 days, just went before the Lord, just with all kinds of imagining that if she were to do that to my daughter, what else would she have done in neglect or... And finally, out of just a broken heart, I went to the Lord one day, and I remember I was in my bedroom, and I was on the floor. 
And I cried out to God just out of pain, and I said, Lord, would you please remind me some horrible thing that I have done so that I might have mercy on this young woman and I might forgive her. And in that moment, while I was on my bedroom floor, I suddenly was in outer space. I was in this incredible void. I could see nothing but darkness as far as I could imagine, and I could see stars, but I knew that I was in a void. And the Lord spoke to me, and he said, I can't remind you because I don't remember. As far as the east is from the west, so far have I removed your transgressions from you. He didn't say, I can't remember. He said, I don't remember. When you put it under the blood, it's, he chooses never to remember. If you bring it up to him again, he can't remind you of it because he does not remember our sin. Praise God. Hallelujah. The mercy of God. Amen. Boy, I'll tell you what. We need to keep our eyes on Jesus. Amen. Well, praise God. What a wonderful service today. Um, training center students, 5 o'clock tonight. Get ready to go. It's going to be a wild time in the Holy Ghost. Amen. And um, anything else? Anything else? Uh, no, come back on Wednesday, 7 o'clock. If not Wednesday, we'll see you Sunday. Thank you, visitors, for coming. Come on back. We love you.